Hey peeps, it's D-Lo, and if you're listening to this, that means you have entered the chocolate chat. Hey peeps, once again, it is D-Lo, and thank you for entering the chocolate chat. I'm so appreciative to have your ears listening to me and all my buffoonery. (laughs) Y'all, I am tired. I am tired today. Like, I'm tired of quarantine 2020. I'm tired of social distancing. I'm just done. I need, I need a pick me up. You know what I'm saying? I need energy. I need sexual healing. I need social interaction. I need a bunch of things that I feel in combination to lacking that and social distancing, it is just taking my life force. I've been sleeping till 3 p.m. Why? I've been applying to jobs. You know, jobs aren't really hiring for you to come in right now. It's just a lot. But lo and behold, I'm here making a podcast. I always got energy, though, to talk to y'all and talk my shit because this is something that I would do whether I had a podcast or not. So, I gotta be honest, I think today's topic is gonna be a more so fun topic, and I'm happy to be talking about it, because I'm tired of talking about um, relationships, or connections with people, or social, like, impacts, like, that's cute, and that's my passion, and I appreciate it, you know, via social psychology, and really loving to study human interaction with one another, but uh, it can get a little repetitive, and it's kind of similar to philosophy, like, There's no really right answer. It's all about moral and ethics. And whatever you choose to do usually is right in your own right. But today, we're going to be talking more so about television. So I did share with you all last week that I am now very passionate about being a television writer. And I'm applying to these programs. And I'm applying to these certificate um, classes to get certified in television. Well, not certified in television writing, but to get experience and weathered in television writing. Today's episode, we're going to be heading it toward TV. And the focus will be reality TV shows. I want to talk about the good, the bad, the interesting, and probably brush over the origin of, you know, reality TV and what started that. Yeah, But before we do that, as usual, I have a, you know, anybody who knows me knows I believe everything works off a system. So let me just remind you of our mission and then get right into the topic. Our mission is to create a platform for chocolate Americans to cover a wide range of topics from an inclusive narrative aimed to challenge, educate, inspire, and awaken a fixed-minded person. I think today's focus will be educate. Now, you may be educated some useless, pointless knowledge, and you know, I receive that. I know it's useless, but guess what? TV fuels me up. Like I love watching TV. I love reality TV shows. And it's very fascinating to see the way that reality TV has shaped shaped our community. We have people who are literally famous from being on a TV show and being themselves are being a fired up version of themselves and it has blasted their careers to like new heights. Sorry, my eyes started itching. And if you think about it, 
a lot of the people who are famous that are on television now, they had a reality TV or reality kind of segment incorporated into their their beginnings. And that can be true to blame it on Quay, also known as TT. Lala, who's on who's on Boomerang now, she started off doing like reality skits. Um, B Simone, that girl J Cole, like yo, reality TV has really shaped our community. It shaped the way you can be successful. B Simone made a mill. She hit a mill in her savings. Off of just being jokes and talking about you're my boyfriend. Like to think that you could really skyrocket your trajectory, your life trajectory, your career traje- trajectory by being what Americans find funny or what they find relatable or what they find, you know, potential in. But, you know, I digressed. I just want to, you know, that was a little bit of background on reality TV. And not only, I had named, like, kind of D-level celebrities. But we can start talking about, we can start talking about A-list celebrities. Kim Kardashian. Black China. Who else? Fla- um, New York. Um, Tiffany Pollard. New York. Who else is famous? RuPaul. A lot of people who are A-list celebrities. Now, I will say most of the people that I na- some of the people that I named didn't have a reality, didn't get their start in reality TV, but they now have a huge following, a huge, you know, amount of success due to they due to them participating in reality TV. I just want to give a quick plug to all the reality TV shows. A quick little shout out to all the reality TV shows that contributed to who I am and who I needed to be in order to be successful. So one would be Bad Girls Club. I mean, Bad Girls Club was my Bible at a certain point in time. Taught me confidence. It taught me confrontation. And it taught me which things needed to be entertained and which things weren't worth my time. America's Next Top Model, I really enjoyed that show because it really, it put me on, and nobody knows this, but it put me on my start to wanting to be classy. Anytime I seen those girls or those dudes be, you know, take photos and they take all these nice photos and then when they posed, they were so like elegant. I always wanted to carry myself very graceful because I know that the world didn't deem me the most attractive person. So if I'm not that uh, all that attractive to the average eye, fuck it. What I will be is classy. And I got that from America Next Time Auto. And there's a bunch of other shows that have contributed to who I am and like, you know, the way I carry myself. But those are just... A few, just to name a few. And I really appreciate the good in reality TV shows. I really appreciate the way it's heading. So I'm going to know, I'm going to take time to highlight the good. And that's a perfect segue into why I enjoy reality TV show. I feel like reality TV shows have periods or have themes in what they're showing. 
at a certain time. In the early 2000s, late 2000s, they the theme of it was drama. It was overreact. It was um, make a fool of yourself and just be volatile. That was the theme. But now that I've seen like early 2010s, late 2010s, the theme is now changing. And I appreciate it. It's changing with the audience that enjoyed it. And that's what I really enjoy. That's what I really appreciate. Because I did like the drama early 2000s. I was a teenager. Like, who didn't? I mean, early 2000s. Late 2000s, I was a teenager. So I'm like, oh, shoot, it's interesting. Uh -uh." But when I got older, I I got into the team, like, the competition of it all. Now I like to see people compete. And I like to see, like... You know, they're having like a scandalous... You know, you can still keep some scandal. Two people messing around in the house, nobody know. Um, but, you know, they're they're doing it to mess with the heads of their competitors. And they're, they're trying to win the 100000 or the 500000 or whatever the prize money is. And I'm drawn to that. Now, I want to talk about the good of reality TV show. The good, I would have to say, is how progressive reality TV is becoming. Now, progressive meaning inclusive in all aspects. I feel like when black people say inclusive, they're referring to having black women and black men in a certain space. But when black LGBT people are saying being inclusive they're including black women black men cisgendered men transgender women um people who are you know non-binary like you're including different people from different walks of life within our own culture so we're black with you have a black lesbian a black gay man a black straight man a black um, straight woman and i feel like that's what is that's what reality TV show is leading toward. The reason why I say that, that is a show that I was watching called Are You The One? This is a reality TV show on MTV. So this is a show about, you know, I really do enjoy the competition slash the love shows. I just think it's so adorable and, like, I live vicariously through them because I'm forever alone here. <laughs> no, but, like, I really enjoy the show. So Are You The One... Um, the inclusive season they had a house full of lesbians gays transgenders and they each had a specific match in the house and usually games like that are easy you know usually games like that are easy because it's man and woman like you know that your match is going to be a man or you know that your match is going to be a woman but in this house it's a free-for-all because everybody's, like, kind of bisexual. Everybody's kind of, like, you know, sexually fluid. Like, they could go either way. So you can connect with literally anybody that you talk to. And I really enjoyed that aspect of the show. I was addicted to it. I started watching it probably about a year or a year a year or two years ago. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I love that reality TV is leaning toward having an inclusive narrative on screen and not caring who picks it up, who doesn't. Because although, you know, TV runs on ratings and it runs on popularity, the underrepresented community deserves a sense of representation on screen. (sighs) Excuse me. 
And I say that speaking for myself, I've never really seen a black femme person on screen finding love until Are You The One? A black femme man. Like, this is me speaking to Basit. I remember Basit very clearly because he was unlike anybody I've ever seen on a reality TV show. He is gender fluid. Well, he he, he identified as a man, but he's, he, tr- he cross-dressed like he had this um he had this alternate ego this alternative ego I'm sorry alter ego that's what they call it and he dressed in women's clothes and he was just this floating like indescribable person and I feel like we need that on TV because there's a little boy or there's a little girl or a little person who is feeling that way and they need somebody to validate that their feelings aren't condemnable by seeing that on TV. Speaking of acts that are deemed condemnable, one thing I really enjoy about reality TV shows is that it is a private peek into different lifestyles. You could be watching a show that is so different from your lifestyle, or so different than what you practice in the real world, or to the public eye. And you can get a little bit of insight how accurate that insight is, the world may never know, about how that lifestyle is lived. And one reason why I brought this up is because a show that I really love, and I'm going to get to why then watch it in a moment, that I really love and that I'm so passionate about now (laughs) is a peek into a lifestyle that is similar to mine, but not at all identical. That show is RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, for years, my friends have tried to tell me, oh, watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Watch this. It's good. And you know me? I didn't want to watch it. Why? Because, first of all, we have in our our community, in the black LGBTQ community, because we are, we're raised on so such homophobia and such don't ask, don't tell, and such you could be gay, but just don't be too gay. I didn't want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race because I consider that making me too gay. And again, this was in my early closet days. RuPaul's Drag Race has been out for years. And when I was in the closet, you know, my early our early closet, early out-of-closet days, I really loved, like, I really wanted to be as straight as possible while being gay. And it sounds crazy, but a lot of black men, a lot of black, I say black men because that's specific to us, battle with this. We battle with trying to be as straight as possible although we're gay because we're told it's okay to be gay and it's okay to like different things but to the public you must be um unquestionable you must be ambiguous and no you can be whatever the fuck you want because at the end of the day when you're gay the fact that you like men it doesn't matter what else it doesn't matter what else you do or the fact that you like men and you're a man or you like men and women, you can be bisexual, whatever. You are going to be gay and no matter what you do or you're going to be non-straight. And that's just what it is. I could walk around here with a pony, a ponytail, you know, beat my face, a cardigan that flows in the wind. 
And that won't make me any more gay or any less gay than the gym rat or the jock or the drug dealer. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. But anyways, I digress. That was a little gem. Dropping gems on y'all real quick. But RuPaul's Drag Race is one of my favorite shows. Why? Because it's similar to um, America's Next Top Model, which is, you know, I love, like I told you, I love competition shows. But because I see men who are similar to my lifestyle being talented, being full of more than what they're they're deemed by society. You hear this about drag queens and people like to shame them. Like, oh, how could you wear? You could be gay, but why would you wear a, man, a woman's clothing? Like, come on, you're dragging it now. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. My allergies are so effed up. But, yeah. I'm telling you, bro. These drag queens are so effing talented. And I fell in love with it. Recently, my father had had a health issue. And he was in the hospital. And I guess because there was a new season of Drag Race coming on, they literally marathoned all of them. So, I don't know how I started watching it. But I started watching the season four. And it was on. And it was on and I didn't turn it off because it wasn't bothering me. But then I got interested because you start seeing like, oh, the category is this and the category is that. And they're beating their face. Then they have to have acting chops. They have to know how to sing. They have to know how to be funny. And it's just such a good ass show. So I binge watch it. I just started watching literally less than six months ago. I started watching the show. Now I live for it. I watch it every week. Shout out to Jada Essence Hall, Crystal Method. Those are my top front runners for RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. And if they don't win, they must, 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 must be on All Stars. But anyways... I love that I can peek into the life of a drag queen, into their prep, into the things that drive them. I can peek into the experiences that they had living their truth. And it's so eye-opening. And I recommend anybody who is curious about a different lifestyle other than theirs, watch a reality TV show about it. Because it's literally the most secretive way to get a different perspective on something you know nothing about. Now, we've discussed the good and the benefits from watching reality TV or having reality TV shows to reference for things. But let's talk about the bad because there is definitely bad. Um, and I think the ultimate bad depiction of a reality of what reality may be would be love and hip hop. Love and Hip Hop makes me so upset. And I used to be a really huge fan of the show. That's because I was a child who enjoyed drama, who enjoyed pointless storyline. Me being an adult now, reality... Reality. Love and Hip Hop makes me so mad. Because it's literally pointless. And I'm realizing, when I went to college, a lot of the references to how black people act... Or how they carry themselves for international students. Or non-black or non-people uh, of color international students. Or Love and Hip Hop. Black Ink. Um, I don't know. Love and Hip Hop is the most popular one. And then like Mob Wives. All of those. 
they view black women and black people as loud, as short-tempered, uncouth. We start in fights at party, um, mixtape release parties. Nah, like, I really don't like love and hip-hop and the narrative that it portrays our community. We are a multi-dimensional people, black people, that is. We are not, oh, we are not, oh, oh, what that bitch said, she fucking my man, or, oh, that bitch is having a baby by my baby, by my husband. That isn't our narrative. Don't get me wrong. You can peek into a hood, and that could be the narrative that you experience. No tea, no shade is the truth. That's not every day. And I don't like the way it portrays us as being so messy. One of the most common love and hip-hop plots that is reoccurring every season, and this I'm sure still happens and that I don't watch it, it's this situation. These two women or these two men are beefing. And the mutual friend is throwing some type of event, whether it be an engagement party, a mixtape release party, um, a benefit, a charity event, and they invite their friend, the, the friend that has a problem, or let's say friend A. They invite friend A. Then friend X, some random ass person who's invited, is like, I'm going to invite friend B because I feel like friend B and friend A need to talk. I feel like we're adults, and it doesn't need to even be that big of an issue. Lo and behold, friend X brings friend B to friend C's event, and friend B runs into friend A. Now, they fighting. It's a big thing. They're not having no sense of a mature conversation. Everybody's mad. And then friend X is like, oh my god, I never knew this would happen. I would have never done this. It happens every season. The shit gets me so mad. Black people are not that messy. We mind our business a lot. That's what Love & Hip Hop should be teaching. It should be showing how much black people mind our motherfucking business. If friend A and friend B got a problem, I don't give a fuck friend C or friend X. I'm not bringing y'all together. Well, y'all figure that shit out, that's when I invite both of y'all. Until then, somebody gotta miss the fuck out. I don't like the narrative that love and hip-hop portrays for black people especially for black adults if this was a tv show about high school i'd be like yo this shit is good because that's really high schoolers they're immature they don't know how to they don't have any type of emotional intelligence y'all are grown-ass women fucking carly red about 52 girl you're 52 lay it down you still got beef you still lying about little shit i just can't in reality tv can be negative at times I don't like reality TV show that exploits false narratives. And another show, which I would consider the bad of reality TV, would be show similar to My 600-pound life. Now, the reason why I don't like shows like that is because they are tools of negativity. The, the people don't watch these shows to avoid or to learn anything. They watch these shows to literally talk shit. To talk shit about a lifestyle that they can't speak anything about. 
They want to talk shit about the... Per- How could you get 600 pounds? Then I be seeing these little memes from these shows. Little women. You know, little women. Shows about, you know, shorter... About midgets. They have become tools of hate. And I don't like that about reality TV. Reality TV has really good. Really good plots. I'm telling you, dope plots. But they have some plots that literally... The underlining of it all... Is to glamorize cyberbullying, to glamorize being a hater. I feel that social media has made it cool to be a hater, but that's a whole other conversation. I don't like TV shows that um, are used as tools of hate or TV shows that glamorize a false narrative of a whole community. Last but not least, we talked about the good of reality TV. We are gonna we talked about the bad. Let's talk about the interesting. Now I feel like reality TV is headed toward an interesting turn via Netflix. The last two reality TV shows that I've watched via Netflix have put a huge emphasis on artificial intelligence. And I'm wondering if that is where reality TV is gonna be heading soon. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. A few months ago, I started watching this TV show on Netflix called The Circle. It's a reality TV show, a competition show. Again, you know, that's my uh, that's my Achilles heel. I love it. That's my guilty pleasure. And they talk about... It's a reality TV show that places seven people in an apartment complex. They never see each other. They never interact in person. But they are all supposed to gain this social media popularity off of this system called The Circle. Now, The Circle is similar to Instagram. But at the end of every episode or every other episode, the seven people in the apartment complex must vote for their most favorite player based off of their social media presence. I love this I, I love this concept because first it incorporates um checking everybody's privilege or, or it incorporates um fair game cuz what I mean by fair game is that you have to make a judgment off of these people you've never seen. So they may be who they say they are, or they may not be who they say they are. They're a catfish. They're real life people. But they put up this persona that they think that you would like in order to be voted the most, the, the best player, right? And I really enjoy it because it goes to show how shallow... We are as a society. Literally every person that has been shown on the circle via the circle inside of the, you know, the social media platform they have on the show has been fit, beautiful, and interesting. Just so that's what Americans feel they must be to be, you know, to be appealing to the average American. The Circle is really good TV because they can't interact in person. So you go to show how false and how 
okay has been or social media has made it to be somebody that you're not or how much it has condemned being yourself but on the flip side when you watch the circle i don't want to give any spoilers is this episode is this dude on the show who's completely himself and he remains at the top the entire game so it's a very interesting concept but it involves artificial intelligence and not not interacting all on you know, not relying on real life interactions, but relying on, you know, social media relationships. Then the show I seen recently last week called Too Hot to Handle. It's a TV show based it's a love TV show. They put ten singles on an island and they must connect and get close. Um, and the ones who form a genuine connection win $100,000, or they split $100,000. But the catch is, in order to form a true meaningful connection, quote-unquote, you must not have any type of sexual activity, any type of sexual interaction. So no head, no penetral, no anal, you can't kiss, but you can, like, cuddle, and you can get, like, you can grope, not grope, but you can cuddle and you can be... You can be sensual, but you can't be sexual. And the way that they monitor this is they had this system, this um, artificial intelligence called Lana. Or I think that's her name. I don't remember right now. And she kind of reports who is following the rules and who isn't. Every time someone breaks the rules, they take money off the prize. So... Perfect example. Kissing was worth three thousand dollars, so you will no longer have a hundred thousand. You'll have ninety-seven. Sex was worth twenty thousand dollars, so you go from a hundred thousand to eighty thousand. So all of these consequences have a all of these rules have a huge consequence if you don't oblige. And I find this interesting because I really enjoyed both shows. I enjoyed both premises, and I find it very funny how. Reality TV is leaning toward relying on artificial intelligence. I think that's a really good move for TV. Um, I'm tired of hearing these biased hosts. Or I'm tired of hearing these chicken shit reality TV shows that literally do nothing but just spread hate. I think The Circle and Too Too Hot to Handle are very different. And they're refreshing. Sorry, y'all. You know, my allergies, I already shared that before. But, you know, with that being said, I really hope that if you weren't a reality TV show appreciator now, that you look into reality TV shows and you really indulge. They're very entertaining to watch, especially right now in the time that we're going through. I'm enjoying seeing other people live their lives because I fucking can't. <laughs> and it's making me so mad, but it's, it's being a great substitute. I'm seeing people live and be outside and enjoying the earth while I have to quarantine because people decided to eat bats. But yeah, I'm going to end the podcast on this note. This is a pretty, pretty lengthy one, but I feel like it was lighthearted and, it, and you know, had a good intent behind it. I really hope that what I said to you all about taking a peek into a different lifestyle than your own sticks with you because I really recommend every show that I named 
only to give me your feedback. Do you really believe that RuPaul Drag Race shows a different side to drag queens? Do you believe that Are You The One shows a different side to LGBTQ? Do you believe that Love & Hip Hop actually does portray negative black narratives? Or do you believe that they portray um, accurate black narratives? I just really would love feedback. And I really hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Chocolate Chat. Thank you and peace, love, and I hope you keep your sanity in this quarantine because I barely can. Bye.